0: is for the glory of God so let's go right into the word Isaiah 49 verse 15 Isaiah 49 verse 15 I want to read this passage for you so please pay attention can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born though she may forget I will not forget you I want all of us to read this verse together, Isaiah 49 verse 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. This is a beautiful passage that reminds us of who God is. That is, our God is the one who never ever forgets us want to let you know this morning that you are not forgotten, that you and I are never forgotten by the Lord. if you look at the context here, Israel is broken as a nation, they are in captivity they 're waiting to be restored, but God speaks to them at this time, reminding them that they have not come forgot they have not been forgotten, and as God speaks His word through the prophet Isaiah. There is a comparison that is drawn here, a comparison with the mother's love. You see, mothers have a very close connection with the child because it, is, it grows in their womb. Two, two months ago, one month ago, we did this scan for Miffy. And we, it was very interesting to see the baby develop in the heart. Sorry, not in the heart, in the womb. You know, I heard the heartbeat. So beautiful. You know, when you think of God as a creator, and when you see how a child grows in the womb, it is such an amazing process. You can't even imagine that within three weeks or four weeks you hear the heartbeat. There are people who say that uh, baby at three weeks, four weeks are just a clump of cells, but they don't know what's happening inside. You can hear the life is running through the heart is beating and a month ago, I think, was it five weeks or six weeks when we did the second scan? Okay, she doesn't remember. Eight weeks, ten weeks we did and we could see the thigh bone. The baby is like this, this small. <laughs> you could see the thigh bone, you could see the heart, you could see the veins, you can see the brain, the eyes. It's, it's amazing, you know, there is a life growing in the mother's womb and as, as, it, as it grows, the mother forms a very special intimate connection, a very special intimate connection greater than any relationship in the world. So once, they are, once the child is born, when the mother feeds the child, they get even more intimate. They get even more closer. So the, the, the bond between a mother and a child is inseparable. It's almost like the best relationship in the world that cannot be broken. God says, even if that one breaks, even if that one breaks, even if your mother forsake you, I will not forsake you. You see, for Israel at this time, living in captivity for over 70 years, they are feeling as if God has forgotten them. I don't know how many of us feel that way. When we go through the valleys of life, we feel like, God, where are you? There was a time when I used to sense your presence every day in the morning. There was a time when I used to experience your goodness in my life. There was a time when I used to experience your blessing. There was a time when I would pray for healing. Healing would immediately come into my house. But what about now? Are you far away from me? Have you forgotten me? You see, if there is one thought that the enemy implants into a person's mind, that is this, God has forgotten you. That is one thought the enemy will always put successfully into the heart and mind of every believer that is God has forgotten you and sadly many Christians believe that many Christians believe and they think God has forgotten me I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now I have to somehow figure out and, and see how I can get out of the situation but as we look at the word of God we are reminded that even if the best relationship in our world fails God will never fail he will never, ever forget you. I want to remind you, this church, that you are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. Last week, I heard two stories, two to three stories of how um, one, one couple, they had a child. And uh, a little later, the child was found in a dump yard, in a, in a bad place. And uh, the, the, the baby, six months, was it six months? Six months had about 106 fractures, am I right? A six-month-old baby has 106 fractures. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? I don't know how they would have tortured the child. But you see, we're living in a world where relationships are failing. Where mothers who are supposed to take care of their children with the best care are now killing their own child. I was watching this video of a, uh, of a mother who drops her baby into a bear cage. There's a bear inside. She drops her child into that. 16 feet. Can you imagine? You know, I, I remember there, were, there was one time when we were on the bed. And at that time, our bed was not too high. It was maybe about two feet from the, be- from the ground. And Jeremy rolled over, and he fell. And I tell you, I lost it. I was like, God, what have I done? Why am I so careless? <laughs> he just fell two feet, and, and children can, you know, bear that. Now we didn't intentionally do, but he happened to roll. And my son, you know, when he sleeps on the bed, he gives me a good massage in the night. Uh, he gives me a back massage. Uh, he he punch, he kicks me on my face. He does everything possible. So, uh, you know, children are very active in the night also when they're sleeping. Uh, when I saw him fall, I was really heartbroken. But he was completely all right. But imagine a child having 106 fractures. Imagine a little baby being thrown into a bear cage 16 feet down. We live in a world like that. But God reminds us if even that relationship ship should fail, I want you to know, church, that you are never forgotten. You are never forgotten. And as we look at the word of God, we are reminded why we are never forgotten. Why we are never forgotten. Now in the limited time that I have, because we have the Lord's table as well, I want to take you through the word of God and help you understand why God says that he will not forget us. Why he will not forget us. If you, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 38 to 39, God says like this, They will be my people and I will be their God. And goes on to say in verse 39, I will give them singleness of heart and action so they, they will always fear me. And that all will then go well for them and the children after them. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. If you want to understand the heart of God, if you want to understand how God has a relationship with his people, you should look at the nation of Israel. Because Israel has done everything to deserve a big punishment from the Lord. They've done everything possible and they've done every kind of sin possible where God can wipe them out completely. But God, no matter what they do, he brings them back. You know why? You know why? Because his commitment to Israel is forever. The word forever means, doesn't mean 10 years (laughs) 20 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, but forever. There's no time limit. And you look at God dealing with Israel, though they have committed sin. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, your sins are like scarlet. God says, come to me and I will make them white as snow. You know why? Because God's commitment to Israel is forever. In the same way, we as God's children who are in his kingdom right now, His commitment to us is forever. And that is why God says, I will not forget you. You see, we worship the God who never breaks his commitment. We worship the God who never breaks his promise with you. Has God given you a promise? Can I remind you church, he will never break his promise. He will fulfill that word because he is the God of commitment. I want to show you a great example of this commitment that God has for Israel. If you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1 to 8. If you have time, go home. I'm sure you can take 10 minutes. And I want you to read this passage, Ezekiel chapter 16. It's a beautiful passage that reminds us of the commitment that God has towards his people. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 1. It says like this, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, confront Jerusalem with the detestable practices. Verse 3, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem, your ancestry and birth were in the land of Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite, your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in clothes. Verse 5, no one looked at you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the field, into the open field. For on the day you were born, you were despised. Now, who is God talking about? God is showing Israel's origins. Who are they? You know, this nation that brags that they are God's favorite. Who are they? They were despised. In verse 6, it says like this, Then I passed by, saw you kicking about in your blood. As you lay there in your blood, I said, live. God gives life. And he brings about this big nation. And you see, eventually what happened is, in verse 15, can we jump to Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 15? In spite of all that Israel received from the Lord, you know what they did? <laughs> they ran towards false gods verse 15 says like this, but you trusted in your beauty and used your fame to become a prostitute. You lavished your favors on anyone who passed by and your beauty became his. In other words, God is talking about worship to false gods. And you see in verse 59, same chapter, God chastises Israel. He he warns them Punishes them for what he does. But here's what happens. In verse 59, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will deal with you as you deserve because you have despised my oath by breaking the covenant. Verse 60, I want you to pay attention. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth. And I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Yes, you have done a mistake. Yes, you have fallen. But I'm still going to... Continue my covenant with you (laughs) Tell me one relationship in this world that is like this even 10% like this Very difficult God says I will not forget you why because of the covenant I have made with you our God is a promise keeper He keeps covenant for a lifetime our faith unfaithfulness When we are unfaithful to the Lord it will never cause him To be unfaithful. In fact, even in our unfaithfulness, God will always be faithful. That is why God says, I will never forget you. The second one. Why God says, I will not forget you. The second one is this. God is always mindful of us. There is a beautiful verse in Psalm 115 verse 12 that I'm sure all of us have have seen in every wedding card. The Lord has been mindful of us housewarming ceremony you will see this us the lord has been mindful of us but what is it what does mindfulness mean some translations use the word remember god remembers us the hebrew word used here zakar often means uh, activity that is connected to an event it's referring to an event that happened at a time And God is saying that I remember that event. Now what is that event? You have to turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3. Now when we go to Genesis, you should be aware, who who are we talking about? Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, whoever curses I will curse you, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So when God says, I will remember you, that God is mindful of us, what does it mean? It simply means that he remembers the covenant we made with Abraham. Are you with me so far? If you read verse, chapter 15, verse 1 to 6, God again comes to Abraham in a vision saying, do not be afraid, I am your shield and I am your very great reward. And verse 5, if you read of chapter 15, it says, Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. You see, God has already given a word to Abraham and God has said, That your nation, your offspring, will be blessed. And when Psalmist says the Lord is mindful of us, he's taking back to the covenant that he made with Abraham. You come to Genesis chapter 50, verse 24 and 25. Joseph said to his brothers, "I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of out of this land to the land He promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." What is Joseph saying? God is going to take you out of this land. Did it happen? Yes. You know why? Not, well, not because the nation was perfect, not because the people were good, but because he is the covenant-keeping God. He is the God who is mindful. And so, because of that, Psalm says, God is mindful of us and he will always remember us. For Israel, you see, God says in some passages in Deuteronomy that I will bless those who bless you. And also at the same time, he reminds them that if you do not keep my covenant, you will experience curses in your life. God also gives that. But at the same time, God also reminds them that my relationship with you is not just dependent on how you behave, but my relationship with you is based on the covenant I made with you. So when God says, I will not forget you, he remembers the promises he gave you. He remembers that you are his child. He remembers that you were washed by his blood. He remembers that he shed the blood for you on the cross of Calvary. And because of which, I tell you, no matter what darkness comes into your life, it can never separate you from the love of Christ. Paul says, what can separate us? Famine, sickness, nakedness? Whatever comes, whatever comes in your life, it can never separate you from the love of God. And it's not because of you, but because of who God is. Because He is the God who keeps His covenant. We come to Second Timothy chapter one verse twelve. A beautiful verse, beautiful verse. I don't know if you have memorized this, but I want you to memorize this. Paul says like this: That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because because why? I know whom I have believed. See, back in the day, if a Greek, someone from the Greek culture read this, they will understand what it means. What it means is, they see, back in the day, if you were a very wealthy person, you had a lot of wealth, you're a billionaire, and you want to pass on your wealth to your child, back in the day, temples were the banks at that time. They didn't have SBI bank, <laughs> none of these modern banks, but they had temples. And in the temple, the priests and the people who are on duty, their duty, their utmost responsibility is to give the wealth to the next generation. So, a person who is a billionaire will come and pledge his wealth and say, I want this to be transferred to my son when he grows up. And they will make sure that it is transferred. So, the wealth is given and it will always be done. Paul writes you know, in that background, he's saying, I know whom I've believed. Why? Because if you, can, if you read the verse, it says, I know whom I've believed and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Now, people might look at Paul and say, are you a are you crazy man? You know that if you go into the city, people are going to beat you up. If you know you go into this place, you're going to be persecuted might say, you you seem like a reckless man. You know what Paul would say? I know whom I have believed. My life is safe in his hand and he will guard it until that day. He lived with that confidence and that is why he served God with everything that he had because he knew where his life is. I tell you church, if we live with that thought that my life is in God's hands and no matter what happens to me, I will be safe that is life. We will live with that joy and that confidence in Christ forever because as we live that life we will be rem- remember we will be reminded that no matter what darkness we face in life we will never be forgotten because of who God is. Many years ago when I wanted to start a church I've said this story many times but I'll always say because the name that we have for our church Hope City is not an accident. When my life was filled with darkness and my life was filled with lies that God has forgotten me. God has forgotten me. I was thinking to myself, God has forsaken me. But in that moment, Jesus came into my life and gave me hope. And that is why we always endeavor as a church to preach the message of hope. Because there is hope only in Jesus. Not in anyone else. Not in any, you know, any wealth or in any family line. It can come from a well-off family but I tell you hope is in Jesus alone because when we set our eyes on him we will be remembered we will be reminded that we are never forgotten are you waiting for a miracle are you waiting for a promise to come through are you waiting for a certain provision are you seeking the Lord praying fasting I want you to know this church that you will never be forgotten you will never be forgotten shall we all stand up in prayer Shall we all stand up in prayer? Can we just look unto the Lord and say, "Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are the God who never forgets me. I thank you that even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of crisis, that you are always there for me." Psalmist says, "Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me." He doesn't say, I fear no evil because I know the forest. I know how to be safe. But he says, I fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know how many of you stepped into this church today feeling like you've, you are too far from the Lord. I want to remind you that he is close to you. That he is close to the brokenhearted. hearted. That he is close to the one who is going through a crisis. You know, the world will leave us when we go through crisis. They will say that... You're not good enough. But God says, You are more than enough for me. You are my child. You're the one whom I've begotten. You're the one whom I'm well pleased with. You're the one whom I've made a covenant with. You are my promised child. You have a purpose. You have a goal. There is a plan for you. And God says that you are never, ever forgotten. Can we just lift our hands towards heaven? And say, Lord, I thank you that you've never forgotten me. I thank you that you've never left my side. I thank you that I can trust you, Lord. I thank you that you are guarding my life in every turn, in every circumstance. Because no matter where I feel like I'm lost, no matter how lost I feel today, I know that your hand is over my life. You are the God who knows my name. You're the God who knows our name. Can we just lift our hands and pray and say, God, I thank you that you know me, mm-hmm. that you remembered me. Yes. Oh, we worship you, Jesus.
1: He knows my name. Can we sing together? He knows my every thought. He sees me when that fall fall and hears me when when I I call he knows my name he knows my name he knows my my every every thought he sees each tear he sees each tear that falls He hears me when when I call You hear us when we call Oh he hears me when I call
0: Father we thank you that you remember us We thank you that you are the covenant keeping God That your covenant is forever Thank you that you Have a plan and purpose for us Thank you that you will bring us back no matter how we fall and fail. We thank you for your work in our life. We love you Jesus. We love you Lord. We thank you that we are never forgotten. We can live tomorrow because we know that you are mindful of us. We thank you for all that you are doing. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering? Amen. We're going to participate in the Lord's table right now. And I ask that you prepare yourself for the table. Because as we participate in this table, we are proclaiming the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes. If there is something in your heart that you need to lay down, maybe a bitterness against a person. Maybe something that God is displeased with. Maybe you are struggling with a secret sin that only you know. Every time we come into God's presence is an opportunity to repent of our sin. God tells Israel, your sins are like scarlet and I will make them white as snow. It is the same voice of God that we are hearing today. The same grace of God. The love of God that forgives us. If you're battling with anything in your heart right now, just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. Purify me. Can we just make this prayer? Say, Lord, purify me. Sanctify me, O God. Because as I partake in your table, I want to do it in a manner worthy. I want to do it in a manner that is pleasing to you. Make me holy, Lord. Make us holy, we pray. Purify us. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just spend some time in prayer as a church? Don't let your thoughts run here and there. Just just tell the Lord, prepare me for your table. Prepare me, prepare me, Jesus. Can we lift up, your, lift up our voices and say, Jesus, prepare me, prepare me, Lord. Oh, Jesus, purify my heart. Purify my heart. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our voices and say, Jesus, prepare my heart, prepare my mind. Forgive me, O oh God. I repent of my sins, repent of everything that is displeasing to you. Purify me, make me whole, I pray. Hallelujah. I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. It's a passage that reminds us of the Lord's table. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. We are reminded of two things. The purpose of the Lord's table. And also we are given a warning saying, as you partake in this, do with all reverence. Examine yourself. Church, examine yourself. See where you stand before the Lord. And ask the Lord to purify you, to work in your hearts. Even as we partake in the Lord's table, let us make this our prayer. Jesus, Jesus. purify me, make me whole. I want to be your child again. If I have fallen, if I have strayed away from your path, bring me back, to God. I need you more than ever. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. We're going to participate in the Lord's table right now. And as I come around and give you the juice and the bread, I request that you don't eat and drink immediately, but wait till all of us get our portions, and then we can eat and drink together. And be in an attitude of prayer as you partake in this table. Hallelujah! Worship Jesus.
1: Purify my heart let me be as gold and precious silver purify my heart let me be as gold pure gold refine as fire my heart's one is just to be holy, set apart for You, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for You, my Master. Ready to do your will, Lord. I'm ready to do your will. Refine as fire, refine as fire. My heart won't desire. My heart will desire. I choose to be, I choose to be holy. We lift our hands and sing. Set apart for you, Lord, I choose, I choose to be Hallelujah, Jesus. holy. Set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will, Lord, I'm ready to do.
0: Hallelujah. I believe all of us have received our portion of the bread and the juice. Let's take the bread that symbolizes the body of Jesus that was broken for us and let us eat this together. Hallelujah. Thank you for your body. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's take the juice. That symbolizes the blood of Jesus and let us drink this together thank you Jesus for your blood thank you Jesus for your blood can we lift our hands and say Lord thank you for your blood thank you for your sacrifice on the cross because of which we are set free because of which we are made whole because of which we were brought out from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light I thank you for all that you've done in my life. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful time. That we could participate in your presence. Hear from your word. And worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for reminding us that we are never forgotten. Thank you for reminding us that you have purchased us with your precious blood. And no darkness, no calamity, no infirmities. Nothing can separate us from your love. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your loving care over us. Thank you that you call us your child. Thank you that you have your eye over us, that you watch over us. And thank you, Lord, that you are mindful of us. Thank you that you keep your promises thank you that your covenant are forever. The covenant is forever. We thank you. We thank you. We love you Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I believe the Lord has spoken to you through his word. I want you to go home and meditate on what you have heard. I've shared a lot of scripture passages with you. I want you to go home and meditate on those because I believe as you meditate on them again God will speak to you personally. Amen. Yes. Can you, can you spare like half an hour? Yes. Can you spare like 40 minutes? One hour? Spend time in his presence on a Sunday. I know it's a day to relax but if you can just take one hour and say this is like a family time. We're going to talk about what we heard today. We're going to meditate on the scripture passage. When you do that God will truly bless you. Amen. Let's close our eyes for the benediction. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now and forevermore. Amen and Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a blessed Sunday. If you'd like to give an offering, you can do so by leaving it in the box or you can give online. uh, HopeCity.org.in slash give. That's our website. You can give there as the Lord leads you. God bless you. Have a blessed Sunday. We will meet soon. We'll meet again next Sunday to come. God bless you.